This is the NFL Draft Bible Spotlight Show. Connecting players with football industry professionals since 2002. It's what we do. Welcome everyone to this NFL Draft Bible Spotlight Edition. I am Ryan Roberts. Please follow me on Twitter at Rise and Draft. Follow everything NFL Draft Bible. NFLDraftBible.com has all our products. Inside scoop into the 2020 NFL Draft. Make sure to order our NFL Draft Bible right now. It just came out a couple weeks ago. Just got my uh, paper copy today in the mail. It is an absolute wonderful book that has over 600 scouting reports in there, over 180 interviews. Everything you need to know for the 2020 NFL Draft included in there is the young man that we're talking about today. This is the second in a four-part series covering Mr. Nick Tiano, who is a quarterback out of Tennessee Chattanooga, originally transferred from Mississippi State, where he played his first two years, was at the end of the Dak Prescott era there in Mississippi State, battling with Nick Fitzgerald to take over after Dak left in the Dan Mullen era. He, he ended up obviously transferring to Tennessee Chattanooga over the last couple of years, and he's been a really dominant player for them over the last two specifically, three in total. And I have the opportunity to talk to a man that works with him very, very closely, his quarterback coach, who is a very familiar face and a familiar name to say the least. I have Coach Steve Fairchild on the line. Now, Coach, before I get into the specifics of – your work in the game. Just want to thank you again and really welcome you into the show. No, this is a lot of fun. I, uh, you know, I like talking quarterbacks. I, I enjoy the whole uh, draft process of, of looking at looking at guys coming out of college and trying to equate how they're going to fit into the NFL. And, uh, you know, I've got a background where I've coached uh, 34 years, a lot of it at Division One, but uh, some of it in the NFL uh, and have a quarterback background. So, uh I've had a chance to work a little bit with Nick and, and just feel very strongly about, uh, you know, his skill set transferring to the, the level of game at the NFL level. Now, Coach Fairchild has had a ton of experience in football. Uh, co- uh, now a quarterback coach for guys like Paxton Lynch, Kyle Slaughter, Chad Kelly, Nick Stevens, who went to Colorado State, Colin Hill, who decided to transfer from Colorado State this past offseason, Jacob Nip who's also coming out of Northern Colorado. Now, Coach, you you spent a long time in the NFL, in college football. You, you were had stints with Baltimore uh, – sorry, with the Buffalo Bills, St. Louis Rams, San Diego Chargers. You were the head coach of Colorado State. You played quarterback there. Last coach as a quarterback offensive coordinator for uh, the University of Virginia a couple years ago. Now, why don't you just g- give a little insight into how you've been able to stay around the game and just how much it's kind of meant to you over the years. Well, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to play uh, high school and college football, and and I played for some really good coaches. And uh, you know, when my college career came to came to an end, I sat out for a a semester and and realized at that point when I was going to grad school how much I missed football. And that was probably the only you know since a very young age of playing youth football, that was the only year I uh, I wasn't part of a team, wasn't part of a, a playing football or coaching football. So I got into the coaching profession. Uh, you know, started very at junior college and small college level and worked my way up and had a chance, I, I believe, along the way to really work with some uh, talented offensive minds, guys like Mike Martz and Kevin Gilbride and North Turner and and those guys and learned a lot of football and, and was able to apply, you know, what I had experienced as a player and a coach with, with some other people that I really respected and uh, was able to make a career out of it. But after 
after 34 years, I kind of stepped back a little bit, uh, you know, reevaluated and was ready for a change. And I'm, I'm doing some quarterback training. I do some consulting and, and write up for the draft uh, and, and also some things for NFL people. But, uh, you know, still have my hand in football. And, and I guess the one constant through it all is I've, I've really enjoyed studying the, the, the quarterback position, not just from a technique standpoint, but from a mental standpoint, just and just how guys, you know, of all different shapes and sizes somehow find a way to succeed. And, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I know when I, when I was on the phone with uh, coach McCarty and, and just talking to him a little bit about Nick from, from a, you know, just a, a standpoint as a person, I know, you know, from my experiences as well with the scouting and scouting reports and writing up players, it's, it's kind of incomplete until you have the full scope of the person, you know, what drives this young man, what makes him um, strive for greatness. There's an unseen thing, you know, until you are really face to face with a person, you see how he ticks, you see how he responds to failure, how he keeps on moving it through adversity, like those types of things. And for you who has, has an experience, not only as a quarterback coach, but, you know, just as a head coach, offensive coordinator in general, I'm sure you've seen how a lot of different guys react so much differently. When you talk to Nick, when you hear how he responds to things, to uh, to uh, people changing things even, what type of person is he and what type of football acumen does he possess already at this young age? Well, I, I think you hit it on the head because there's a there's a lot you can do in an evaluation process that's quantitative in terms of production and height and weight. And uh, even to a degree, arm strength, you can rate things and, and kind of put them into categories, how accurate a guy is on the move. Uh, you know, how, how good is he off platform? How good is he in rhythm and anticipating and all those things. And, and the one thing, you know, you learn uh, early on when you're recruiting from high school to college and when you're, you're, you're evaluating the, the draft from a college player going to the NFL is, is there's those intangible things that uh, a guy has to have, uh, you know, that it factor, whatever it is. And, and, and if they don't have that, no matter how talented they are, they're going to struggle. And, and one of the things I, I really like about Nick, and I had a chance to not only work with him this offseason, but I had a chance to watch him as he trained, uh, you know, with, with the Landau sports performance people and, and, you know, that was his training in terms of running and throwing routes with receivers and, and weight training and those sort of things. And, and the thing I like to see is how a guy interacts with with teammates and, and can he bring out the best in his teammates? Because at the end of the day, as a quarterback, you're going to be judged as a group, uh, not individually. You're going to be judged how well the, the 11 guys on the field do offensively. And, and guys that can interact with players and bring out the best in not only themselves, but their their teammates and the guys they're working with and, uh, you know, maintain a good work ethic, but at the same time have a relationship and, and a trust factor that that exists. Those are the guys that, you know, it translates into success. And I, I, I saw so much of that from Nick this offseason. It's hard not to get very, very excited about him as a prospect. Mm -hmm. and, and I probably jumped a little too quickly to, you know, just dive it into him. I, I want to kind of see just, I asked Warren kind of the same question. What was the first time you met Nick, you saw Nick, whatever, like first impressions of him, whether it was as a football player, as a person, when you first met him? Well, you know, we had, an, uh, uh, you know, one of the receivers that that played for him his junior year uh, is a guy I know and worked with some. Uh, 
uh, Joe Parker. And, and so Joe had, had talked to me a number of times about Nick and kind of given me his opinion of, of, you know, who Nick was as a quarterback and as an athlete and those sort of things. So I kind of had a, a little bit of an idea before I ever met him. But then Nick came out after his junior year and, and we started to train a little bit. Uh, you know, I wanted to figure out who he was and, and, and if he, in fact, did have a chance to play at the next level. And I'm sure he wanted to find out who I was and what I, what I was all about in terms of my training. And uh, we developed a good relationship right off the bat. I was very, very impressed with him. You know, not only as a person, uh, you know, just the way he handled himself, but as an athlete and a, and a quarterback, he had uh, some unbelievable skills. And, and and I think we started working together, hit it off a little bit. And, and at that point, I knew he had a chance to play in the NFL and I thought I could help him. And I think he understood that as well. And, and we started working together and training. And then that got real serious after his after his senior year. Mm-hmm. And, and I know when you first are really like, diving into film and and just kind of the background of a person besides for what we've already talked about with man to man, being able to see how they tick, how they interact with teammates. I know there's obviously thresholds that, that scouts kind of alleviate to a lot. They, they want to see the size. They want to see arm strength. They want to see athleticism. Like there's kind of like baseline prerequisite things that people like to kind of check boxes. If you want to phrase it that way. For Nick, I mean, it seems like he checks most of those boxes from a physical perspective. How talented of a player is Nick Tiano? Well, he, he does. He checks every every box you could probably put there physically, and you know, and and a lot of that stuff I think is important. But you, you know, there's guys that aren't great athletes that that play in the NFL, and there's guys that don't have great arms, and uh, you know, in terms of arm strength and play. So I've always I've always felt like the 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 characteristics that you cannot compromise our toughness and accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're not mentally and physically tough, you're, you're not going to play in the NFL, uh, especially at the quarterback spot with all the scrutiny and the, the ups and downs that go with that position. And if you can't hit what you're throwing at, you, you don't last in that league. You don't even last through OTAs. So uh, those are the two you got to see, you know, can he consistently put the ball where he wants to? And is he a competitive, tough guy that can, you know, work his way through some issues and, and problems on the field. And those jumped out at me with him. Uh, and then you start to look at all the other things like arm strength and can he throw off platform and, uh, you know, size and athletic ability. And, and, you know, the one thing that does jump out at with you, I, I brought a, a friend, another quarterback coach out a few months ago when we were training uh, Nick and he was just going to watch some of the things I did. And, and the first thing he said is this guy's a quick twitch athlete for being you know, six five two thirty or whatever he is, and and he really is. So, you know, when you when you look at Nick's skill set, he's big. He's you know he's a strong looking physical body that can throw a football. He's not long with the football like a lot of six five guys are. He's quick with the ball. Uh, he's he's somewhat compact for a big guy. Uh, he's athletic, um, and he's got the toughness and the accuracy. So. Uh, you reminded me a lot of Josh Allen. I had a chance to work with Josh one time, and, and he's kind of, in terms of skill set, kind of a similar type of type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's obviously a really interesting comparison because Josh Allen, you know, just from a physical standpoint, is probably one of the top two or three most gifted quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, he's he's right up there, in my opinion, anyway. I, that kind of leads me. To I would I would agree with you on that. I mean, if you just you just take him out on the field and watch him run around, work out and throw. There's, there's very few guys you're going to like better than Josh Allen. And I think Nick's kind of one of those guys, you know, if you, if you just didn't know who he was and 
took him out on the field and worked him out and said, hey, this guy's going to be a 10-year starter in the NFL, you'd say, yeah, I can, I can believe that with that skill set. That's that's what I – and it, it kind of goes right into my next question because I, I listed some of the guys – you, you you know you work with regularly you just mentioned obviously uh the, the session with Josh and and so me, me uh needless to say coach I guess you would say that Nick physically kind of really sticks up with anybody that you've been around it sounds like yeah and and and, I, and you look at a guy like that and and because he wasn't at a power five school you know when he when he played I know he started out at Mississippi State but you know he's coming from a lesser school and and maybe the surrounding cast sometimes, was there in a certain spot, maybe wasn't, you know, and, and so, you know, you can't put it all on the tape. You gotta, you gotta kind of work the guy out. You gotta go look at him and be on the field with them and, 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 and see what he's all about because, you know, people like that, you know, that you're mentioning that have these types of skill set, the ceiling's very high. It's no guarantee that you're going to go in and be a, a successful NFL quarterback. But, but if you're in that situation, that's, you know, gives you a chance to produce uh, a guy like Nick, just like Josh Allen. That 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 ceiling is incredibly high because of their skill set. Mm-hmm. And you you already mentioned a little bit, and it's it's kind of an interesting conversation about the off platform stuff. You know, throwing from different arm slots, arm angles. You know, just when you're when your base is a little compromised, maybe your upper body and lower body are a little disconnected. For you, is that something, because I feel like I'm just seeing that more and more, you know, even when a guy is in structure, they, they, they just lose the ability to keep their upper body, lower body in, in rhythm, you know, to, to keep them connected. Is that something that you've seen kind of become more of a problem with, you know, because obviously everybody is trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes, you know, that can do things off of off of script can, can, you know, get his feet kind of plastered into the ground, but can still make these ridiculous torque throws with his upper body. Like, have you seen that become a problem for some guys trying to emulate that type of style? Well, what you're, what you're talking about in the, in the question you're posing, we could, we could talk for a day. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm not sure where, where to start other than uh, the game has always been, uh, a majority of the time, a compromised throwing position, uh, to use your term. And, and it, it, if you're not playing that way, a majority of the time, you're not, you're playing in some other league. So in the NFL, uh, to some degree, you're not going to be in rhythm with your, with your lower body. And, and you're going to try to keep your upper body as, as perfect as you can, but you're not going to always have the chance to be aligned uh, use your hips, uh, use your feet the way you want to use them. And so uh, that that genre of throwing is such a huge window of, of throws because sometimes it's minor. Sometimes you, you see the, the, the game day highlight of Patrick Mahomes where he's really torquing and moving to his left and, and making an incredible throw. There's those type of throws, but there's there's some subtle pocket movement. There's some, there's some radical pocket movement. There's in between. Uh, and there's all sorts of uh, kind of ways that you're going to have to perform. And, and so that's a big part in my mind of, of, of seeing if a guy is able to translate his game uh, from a lower level and, and end up playing in the NFL is being able to make those throws. And they're not always spectacular. Sometimes you got to study film and it's just a slight, uh, you know, movement with the feet that's awkward that, that a guy consistently can do and, and put the ball where he wants to. And uh, 
Um, there's all sorts of different rhythms to those type of throws, but uh, long-winded answer, but yes, you have to. Uh, and, and if you don't train like that, you're, you're not training to play in that league. Mm, absolutely. And, and I know when you're working with a guy, I'm sure there's some things that are kind of more the emphasis to improve on for, for when we're talking about Nick specifically, what were some things maybe when you first started working with him that you were like, you know, we're, we're obviously going to pay attention to it, but he does that pretty naturally comparative to, you know, what, what maybe his age. And then what are some things maybe that you were really emphasizing? This is what we need to improve. This is the high point of emphasis. Well, I, I think with Nick, it was very easy. And, and he's no different than a majority of them. When, when, when you get guys with that ability that you're talking about guys that played well in college and, and are being looked at by the NFL. Usually when you get them, you know, there's 75, 80%, just to use an arbitrary number of things they do that, that equals an NFL player. They're good enough, three fourths their games, good enough to play in the league. And then you, what you try to do with each guy specifically is you take the, you know, the other 25% and you say, look, this is just okay. And for you to make it, this has to get a lot better uh, and here's here's what it is, and here's how we're going to drill it, and here's how we're going to, uh, you know, do it. And with Nick, uh, you know, it, it was cleaning up a little bit of the wrist and shoulder rotation. He was good, uh, but you, you got to be great with with your wrist and shoulder rotation and your upper body mechanics. And we we you know we consistently worked on that, and and he took to that real quick. And then I think the biggest thing with him was just compacting. Uh, the lower body and trying to have as minimal footprint in the pocket uh, as you can, even though you're a big guy, you know, you look at the Philip Rivers and the Roethlisberger's, the, the real big dudes, but they don't have a big footprint in the pocket. And, and in that league, there's no, there's no saving grace that allows you to be big with your lower body. And uh, so that's probably the biggest thing we did is compacted him up uh, as a lower body thrower. And, and when you do that, guys get quicker with the ball. And for a big guy, uh, being quicker with the ball is always a positive, and, and that developed over time as well. And, and I know, you know, something I talked with Coach McCarty a lot was the ability, you know, from a pre-snap, post-snap, um, you know, to to understand what you're seeing and then understanding how you need to adjust on the fly, you know, in a post-snap situation. And he talked a lot about Nick on the whiteboard. So, so from your perspective – how is he, you know, from an IQ perspective, uh, Coach McCarty was telling me that he's an absolute football junkie. From your perspective, how how is he in that area? Yeah, he was, and, and he didn't need a lot in that when, when you met him. You know, and, and guys are different. Some guys come out of spread offenses, and uh, some guys come out of NFL background type offenses. And, uh, you know, I've had guys where that, that have actually made it in the NFL that I've trained where I felt like, hey, I've got to get into the classroom you know, six or eight times with this guy. And, you know, we've got to, we've got to learn how to watch tape and, and we've got to learn how to, you know, talk about defenses and, and so forth. And, and, and Nick was not like that. He was like a couple of the other guys. You, you got with him in a room once or twice and you realize his, his football IQ was fine and, and he'll, he'll be fine picking up any offense wherever he goes. And, and he's, you know, the other thing is, is sometimes you catch yourself as a, as a coach slash mentor, with a guy and, and, and it's not so much the football IQ, but it's how he handles himself. It's, you know, does he show up early? Has he got a pad of paper and something to write with and, you know, sit up straight and, and those type of things. And, and, you know, you'd be surprised kids even coming out of college, a lot of times don't know how to present themselves in the, 
in the best manner. But Nick, Nick is such a people person and, and so good uh, at communicating. Uh, like I said, the, the off the field stuff was nothing. Uh, there wasn't a lot to develop there. Uh, but, you know, on the field, there are some things we, we could help him with. And, and he's gotten a lot better with those. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm, I think there's it's hard to find something that you'd say, hey, this guy doesn't do this well enough to play in the league. Mm-hmm. And, and I know in his situation, you know, he if for any rookie quarterback and, you know, obviously Nick's going to have the. The stigma of playing, you know, at the FCS level, smaller, smaller competition, blah, blah, blah. But he's going to come into the NFL and there's going to be obviously a learning curve. I mean, naturally, but but what's the most important part from you, coach, who, who is a man that's been in the NFL, been on the side of college football, like everything, seeing that transition. What's going to be the biggest part to Nick really kind of settling in early and, and making a team and and making that transition as smooth as possible? Well, I think one thing they have to realize, guys, uh, you know, transferring what they do at the college level into an NFL OTA or minicamp is, uh, you know, you're looked at as a as a four or five year deal in college. Not all the time, but but you are. I mean, you're looked at as somebody that coming in the front door. Uh, you know, some guys don't, but some guys do have to develop, and there's a there's kind of a a grace period to to develop in the NFL. There's none of that. And, and there's going to be very few reps uh, in a very small window to show what you can do. And, and so you've got to, you've got to take every minute you can to master the playbook. You've got to take every rep on the field and make it uh, count like it's your last rep you're ever going to get in a game of football. And uh, because, you know, you're going to get a couple team reps and maybe you're going to get in a preseason game and maybe, Maybe it's going to go a little farther than that, but but you better show something that's exceptional very quickly in that league uh, to make it. And and uh, I think a lot of guys come out with not quite that sense of urgency uh, going into a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And and I'm wondering because like you know evaluators are going to look at him what he is now. They're going to determine what he does well, what he needs to improve on, where he's come from. The 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 transition, the the um, the projection to the next level. They're going to talk about what is his ceiling. What if he, if everything clicks, he's in the right system with the right coaching staff, and he's able to hit his best opportunity to succeed. How good can Nick Tiano be, in your opinion? I think he can be a, a career starter in the league. I think his skill set um, is such that he could start in the NFL and have a good career as a starter. Uh, but, you know, having said that, he's going to go in the front door as the fourth, fifth, or whatever quarterback. And, and how you manipulate and work your way up a depth chart, uh, how you get coaches to see you not as the fourth guy, but as the second guy, and then not as the second guy as a starter, uh, that's that's the trick to the whole thing. And, and you don't have a lot of time and you don't have a lot of reps to, to get that done. And, uh, you know, hopefully he gets in a situation where he gets some – get some snaps and, and gets an opportunity and, and, you know, then, then it's back in his, he's the driver at that point. Can he, can he make the most of it? And I, you know, with his skill set, I don't think that'll be an issue. It's just getting into the right situation. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of the last question for you, coach, if, if I don't know if how many teams have kind of reached out to you to talk to you about, you know, what, 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 what you're working with, with Nick, what you think about him, that kind of thing. Like what are kind of the, the biggest question marks for him? Cause obviously I know the, 
the level of competition. What are people? What do you think that teams are wondering about him if they haven't asked you already? It's uh, the main thing is I think is, and I didn't study a ton of it. I I, I work with them. I, in fact, I like to not have too much of a preconceived idea uh, when I go onto the field with the guy. But I, I think what it was is this 2018. Uh, season tape was looked a little more impressive and showed a little more of the NFL game than the than the 2019 tape. I think he lost some receivers and got into a different system, so to speak. So I think the guys, you know, and when you visit with the NFL teams, and I have I have talked to quite a few, the ones that have taken the time and gone back and looked at, uh, you know, what he did in in 2018 and and then what he did in. Uh, you know, with some of this tape that he's generated in, in lieu of a pro day, he's put out some tape and, you know, he played in the NFL PA game and, and, and looking at those things and, and kind of saying, all right, uh, I understand the skill set. Now let's, let's dig into this a little deeper and see who he is. I think those are the teams that are going to have him a little higher up on the board. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is going to end this interview here with me, Ryan Roberts, Rising Draft on Twitter, part of this NFL Draft Bible Spotlight edition into Nick Tiano, quarterback out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. I'd like to thank again, Coach Steve Fairchild for joining me today. Coach, was a pleasure, man. I really appreciate it. It, it was just awesome being able to pick your brain for a little bit here. No, it's a lot of fun. Hope we can do it again sometime. Absolutely.